Oh my gosh, we are back. We are whack. All right, Mike, how you doing, brother? I'm doing all right. We're episode 11, which means we've gotten through 10 full episodes of you dealing with our bullshit. And I think that it's time you hear from somebody else. So we're doing that today. We have our hey. first guest lined up, uh, Jesse Marshall of The Athletic, uh, a Pittsburgh Penguins writer. Hockey? Yeah, no, that's okay. He's a big West Ham supporter. And as you will find out in great detail on this podcast, Spurs are playing West Ham this week. It's a London derby. It's one of West Ham's biggest games of the year, to be quite it's, honest. It's not. It's actually not just a London derby. It is like the central plot point for like 10 hooligan coming-of-age movies. The, tot, the, the Tottenham-West uh, Ham game there's a movie that you should see, and I, if I knew it off the top of my head, I would. It's like, it's not Green Street Hooligans, but there's a fight between the, the Tottenham fans and, and the West Ham no fans under, underneath, a, underneath a train trestle. Well, we'll have to I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I'll look it up while we're going, but th that is the... Uh, we'll have to, it's like Football yeah, Factory or something like that. Okay, Danny Dwyer. we'll have to so it's a classic. To him and uh, ask him about it. But, but before that, Laurent has uh, a bit of a hot take on uh, <laughs> Harry Maguire, who's been getting really, really taken to the woodshed this week on yeah, the Twitter it's, it's, and on the internet. He's had a bad week, right? It started with this... He had the, the a bad three months <laughs> well yeah it started with the mistake that he made that led to spurs first goal and that 6-1 drubbing and oh no no won. no it started before that well it's it started, started on vacation that. when he got in a fist fight in a in an island in greece that's correct okay so that's fair <laughs> enough and then it culminated this week with he got what two yellows in a in the first half for england and got sent yeah, off yeah yeah he got sent off yeah and he it was a penalty was the, one of the the yellows yeah. right so here's laurent on manchester united's harry Maguire. uh so yeah, I just my big take is just like English fucking media just kills guys for no reason, right? They pick a guy, he's the guy, he fucked up. Now, is Maguire has Maguire been bad? Yes. Has he been coached since he left Leicester? I don't think so. Basically what's happened with United is anytime a player comes in, they have a little bit of run, Ole gets uh Ole gets some credit. They have a bump from that. So they had a bump when he showed up as a coach. They had a bump again later on when, when Fernandez showed up. Uh, they had a bump in last season with Harry Maguire and on defense. And he was their best player in the back line. And now he's just, oh, he's shit. I just don't understand how a team can see all these players decline while they're on the team. Pogba declining. Fernandez declining. Oh, I don't have enough players. Oh, there's not enough rotation. Oh, they're all getting tired. Oh, Wambisaka doesn't look any good anymore. Hey, what's the common denominator? There's a coach on the team who should be rotating them or making them better. So I don't blame Maguire. The idea that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is the coach of Manchester United is a complete and utter joke. We, we get this focus on players, like people killing Pogba, people killing uh, Maguire. I know this is like centered on Maguire, but it's this larger take about when you see players declining under the same manager, it's got to be the manager, right? It can't be the players. All the players can't be sucking when they get to United. How is that possible? How has it happened? And with England, right, again, also, why, are the, why is the team getting worse? Is it because Gareth Southgate keeps running the same shitty players out over and over again? Maybe, maybe. I look at a guy like John Stones who, does, who can't get into the team or Joe Gomez. I don't understand. I, I might be stupid. Maybe I don't know enough about football, but how guys just decline and there's, the responsibility is on the player and not the coach. So to me, Harry Maguire is good. 
I've seen it. In Leicester, he was killer. He used to come out with the ball. In England in the World Cup, he was killer. He used to come out with the ball. He no longer comes out with the ball. So the best skill he has is no longer being used. And there is my take. I think uh, I think we'll let, one of his biggest skills we'll let, is having a huge forehead too. But <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll let we'll let Jesse in. Uh, he's here, and uh, we'll go into the Tottenham West Ham game, and then sort of pick up on some questions and say what's up and tell ask him who he is. All right, here comes Jesse. Yo, hey, how are Gentlemen, you, man? How's it going? It is going good, well. Man. It's good to actually talk to you on something that's not Twitter.com. <laughs> not, not fighting with you on the internet. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. So, yeah. so welcome to the show. Uh, you are the esteemed member of the uh, Squeaky Bum Time guests. Uh, you're the only one. The only one in the club. So. What honored. are you talking about? I've had guests before. My sister, my brother has been on it. Come yeah, but that's that's, that's crap football, crap productions. <laughs> so, so, Jesse Marshall is joining us from uh, The Athletic. He is a Pittsburgh Penguins writer, as I mentioned previously. Uh, we're not going to be talking about hockey today, maybe a little bit, because I do want to get your take on the Tony D'Angelo contract. But uh, I don't want to talk about Jack Johnson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'd prefer uh, very much not to. But uh, as I also mentioned, uh, Jesse is a huge West Ham fan. So we're having him on uh, in advance of this weekend's big matchup between Spurs and West Ham. so One of several big matchups. And there's a big, yeah, it's a big slate. We'll and get the to only that reason bit. that Jesse gets to go first ahead of Liverpool-Everton, the Merseyside Derby, is because Mike said that he's a West Ham fan. Otherwise, we know that the biggest game is the Merseyside Derby. And but we, we, will will... Let, we will let this London Derby slide because of a Spurs <laughs> and a West Ham guy. I'm just saying. I had to say it. it. We get it. There are there are a lot of good thigh rubbers this weekend, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm excited yeah, for it. Well, and we'll, uh, yeah. we'll get to all of them. But so, I mean, let's start with the softball. How did you become a West Ham supporter? Everybody, every American, I feel like, has this dumb story that you shouldn't be a fan of their team, right? And like, so what's your dumb story? Um, so when I went to college, I had a friend named James, and I hated football. I, and it was like one of those dumb Americans. Like I, I hated it because I didn't understand it. I didn't know anything about it. It didn't make any sense to me. I like all those American sort of like preconceived, you know, right stereotypes against the sport. So he had gone overseas and stayed uh, in East London uh, studying abroad. And when he came back the semester later, he had stayed with this family of season ticket holders for West Ham. And what made me, I guess attracted to his experience was how obnoxious they were. <laughs> like just how like inherently you know, obnoxious they were. But we had grown up in like Beaver County, Pennsylvania, in a like our town called Ambridge, which was basically where they cr made all the steel for all the bridges in North America. And he was telling me about how similar it was to where we'd grown up. You know, okay. in East London and and you know, West Ham, the culture there was just so yeah, it's, similar. It's, it's for the ironworks. Right. So I kind of appealed to me, and then I really wanted to start to get familiar with football in lieu of the World Cup in, what, 2010, I think? Mm. Um, so it was probably 2008 when I started watching them. And Carlos Tevez, you know, had just come up and – What a beautiful, scarred-faced um, man. Yeah, and, and <laughs> you know, we had illegally acquired him. Uh, even and, better. That's the best yeah. way to get players. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> No hard feelings about that if you're a Sheffield United fan um, still to this day. 
but it just kind of started from there. And then lo and behold, you know, I, I was writing about the penguins and there's a, a penguin, a Britain, a British penguins fan club. And uh, there are all in, they're all season ticket holders um, again to West Ham. So it was just, again, a bizarre connection that only really bolstered, um, you know, what I had going on there. Uh, and then it's easy to get sucked in on places like Reddit and, you know, knees up mother Brown is like a, you know, big West Ham website. So it's, um, they're just a, I think it's, it's a good place to be a fan too, because they don't really particularly care where you're at. Yeah. You know, I've cool. never had anyone I, tried me. For did me you, did you ever get to London? Did you ever get to the Berlin? I've did you, gone get yet. To, you hadn't get to gone. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I haven't gone either. Mike's the only one who's been to, to Europe to see a game. So that's cool. But they lost, they don't have their stadium anymore, right? They have the, they have the, the well, it's, like, yeah, it's just pretty disgusting. So <laughs> that's the biggest regret for me is that I didn't get to where I didn't get to the Bolin. You know, that, that would have been, that would have been something else. So sure. Sure. Um, I'm going to take my binoculars when I head over. <laughs> Did you explain to your, uh, your fans over there who are Penguins fans that the Penguins win sometimes? It's a little bit different for them as West Ham supporters? Yeah. And I don't even know really. I, you know what it really comes from is that connection to the Steelers. Right. Okay. So like the Steelers and West Ham connection is, is there for the same reason. They were all Steeler fans who just kind of adopted hockey. As the thing, is, like, the, the thing is with West Ham is like, and, and I, I, I know I get very like, so Mike and I know each other from working on at tops and working on kick and working on the app. And I couldn't like stand not knowing things. So I get so deep into the cultures of these clubs and West Ham is one of the cooler clubs, right? One, they have like the, all the coming of age soccer hooligan stories are West Ham stories, right? They have the ICF. They have the coolest name for a fucking soccer hooligan <laughs> gang ever, the Intercity <laughs> Firm. They have three biographies about three different headhunters. They have like all these great stories. They really that come... invented being casual, right? right? Well, well like don't don't thing. say that to the people in Liverpool. They'll be very upset. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that, that I've watched the fucking documentary on casuals and the clothing. Like I'm out of control. So that stuff's really cool. But let's sort of get into the nitty gritty. Like, what have you seen? in the last let's say let's say talk about Moyes talk about Pellegrini and then Moyes again just where you've been how that roller coaster has been there was this like really brief moment in time post like the Slavin Bilic era oh, which quiet. which really had a very like sweet point to it you know there was like a there was a high watermark there yeah Pyatt fucking incredible oh yeah and then like the last year and the, the bowl in was phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, that last game against United, I'll, ne yeah, I'll never forget that. But when it, when it moved on and, and Moyes was, you know, clearly identified as this quote-unquote bridge manager, you got the sense almost for the first six months of Pellegrini's tenure that there was like this plan in place and there was a nice facade up that they had a very established. And then like the story comes out, there's one scout, one <laughs> the facilities are garbage yeah he doesn't seem to care you know yeah, yeah I, gotten... I, I i'm a city fan i had pellegrini he's uh he's he's something he's well uh... at this point though by this time he had gotten the china money yeah you know what i mean so yeah. what was left at this point you know yeah. he doesn't come he's not coming back to prove anything to people yeah. in the, you know the what guy i mean won, won the won the la liga correct most points so, in, written freaking spanish history nobody was upset when that move when we moved on from that but to you know bringing david moyes back it was hard to celebrate yeah but now i don't know if it's i 
I can't tell sometimes if we if we've all acknowledged that it's not a meme anymore. You know what, what I mean? What's, what's not a meme? <laughs> it, just like, the, it's the team. David Moyes himself. Just yeah, David yeah. Well, the, the, well, I mean, it, like, it's even worse now, right? You're you're you've turned it around. The team. He turned the team around. He identified Suchek. He's basically replicating Everton, right? Suchek in the Fellaini role. Uh, sure. Uh, Tim. 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 Uh, oh God, what's his name? The 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 midfielder from from New Zealand. Uh, uh, Antonio Cahill. Antonio is 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 Tim blah, 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 the header guy. Tim Cahill. Uh, Tim Cahill. Tim sorry. Cahill. Yeah. Antonio in the Tim Cahill role. Suchek in the in the Fellaini role. You know, you've got the you've got the the playmaker. You've got the Declan Rice there you've got that he's going to take over for mark noble so he's kind of recreating some of the everton feel you know uh the thing that's freaking me out is is alan irvine should he just coach from zoom for the rest of the season this is like a big deal right like i i I think there's a fair question as to who made the decision to go five at the back like you know what i mean like where would that call generate from yeah yeah was David Moyes really like giving live information to Alan Irvin during the game? Like, we don't know that, you know, we don't know, but like he finally, and you mentioned like the two most important players are Sue chicken rice, because what has not existed for real great lengths of time for this club is any kind of connection between the defensive third and anyone else. Yeah. Because (laughs) Mark Noble was the problem the whole time. Well, I don't know that I wholly agree with that. (laughs) Dude, he's, I think Mark, Hard charging, get stuck in, in the wrong place, running to the wrong place over and over again player. That people love, fans love, because they see him running. But how he's about you ener- just stand yeah. where you're supposed to stand? But he's an energizer bunny. I mean, there's no doubt about that. And he's, but, but he's not the, to me, he wasn't the guy that was just blindly hoofing it up the pitch 45 yards. You no. know, I mean, that, 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 there was no attempt to try to create possession out of their end. You know, yeah, but 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 West Ham shouldn't be playing possession football. Really, they're not good enough most of the time. The uh, the last two results would disagree with that. But they barely. Well, I'm not going to argue. Are you watching the game? <laughs> but I'm saying it was do, it was a dominant performance against Leicester. That was incredible. But they only had what 120 passes. <laughs> but they didn't yeah. need to, right? Because everything was up high at the pitch, so there weren't that many passes to go but anyway you you keep going I, I'm, I'm i'm getting argumentative because I, I, <laughs> well, I, I think i think you, you draw the line though between like a sam allardyce style of hoofball right yeah. and yeah. and maybe hoofing at 25 yards to pablo fornals like that yeah. that's a totally different yeah i agree, I agree. That, and that I trio it. it's that it's also that linkage between antonio bowen and fornals that I has worked bowen. so I well i love bowen i identified him and you can ask mike i was like Bowen, I, that's I'll the guy. On it then, because I, I, you know, to me, it, it was just, it was a joke. You know, I, everybody was so angry with that signing, and it wasn't because of the player. It was just that what was going on environmentally. Yeah, yeah. You know, that was the riot period, right? Like yeah. we had just revolted at that point. That was so. awesome. That was so <laughs> West Ham. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> Any, anything, so. anything like that is why West Ham is so great. Like I subscribe to West Ham TV, and it's fucking incredible i mean the schadenfreude of that like in a week when west ham get annihilated and something terrible happens to arsenal and then the red devils lose and i can listen to adam mccullough lose his mind (laughs) i take complete and total joy from that and my team doesn't have enough fans even though we're one of the biggest teams in the world to even do that and then we're very level-headed which is annoying it's like 
where's the angry city fans? Anyway, that's not important. Uh, but to, to to have those days where 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 the West Ham guys are just losing it, and they all look like murderers, and they have <laughs> you know David Moyes tattoos on their arm, and then they scratch them out for for whoever is the next person. So that part's incredible. But um, how how are you feeling about the season in general? Do you are you feeling optimistic? Are you feeling like it's like it's hey we're top half the way things are going? If you can keep on if you can keep the momentum from the restart into the start of this season do you feel like you actually have something going i had prepared myself true and it's honest to god truth yeah to not have a point going into thanksgiving (laughs) (laughs) because the guys on nbc were saying that but if you honestly look at the fixtures they were in it would not have been out of the realm i mean i wouldn't have scoffed at it yeah so what i guess what flipped it for me a little bit was when they took Arsenal into the 89th minute at 1-1. Yeah. And that game was just so complete. And, and I, you know, you kind of felt like they deserved better. Mm. Uh, and then they come out and they just absolutely waxed Wolves. Yeah. And, you know, Wolves fans will tell you that was a weird time, like a weird week and a half for them. So mm. you kind of wrote that one off. And then they just third, thoroughly dismantled Leicester. They destroyed Leicester. And I mean, annihilated like, them. I told Mike on Twitter <laughs> – I'm like trying really hard to be realistic, you know. And no, I, don't, this be. Before, don't be. Don't be. Feel the feelings, man. Get the tears going. Spurs this is where had, this is why football's so great. It's this games is before like that. Spurs had won six. <laughs> right, right. So, I think you, know, you had I, tweeted uh, before the United game. You're like, bring on Tottenham, and I went. I was like, get oh, out, boy. Spurs is what yeah. I said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, and I went, no problem, pal. <laughs> yeah, and then after that game was over, I wanted to delete that tweet. Yeah, I still feel good. Yeah, I, I would good. feel good. Like, listen, there. Like, I, I'm a weird fan. I, I'll just tell you, and Michael tell you this. I I'm a city fan because I don't know because of music. Like, I was a, a Smith, like Smith Justin, whatever. And then, but I it? really do. What's that? You like Blue Moon? Is that it? No, no, no. Music oh, like okay. the bands like Oasis. That was their team, and uh, Johnny Marr from the Smiths. That's his team. And I had been to. I'm old. I'm 45 years old. Okay. So I'm, I go way back with like. I have like Triple H. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but but that's how i got into the team but how do you reconcile in your head like where the team's going where it's headed like how do you do you have those moments where you just let yourself dream like or is it yeah is a west ham dream beating tottenham and then you know getting a game uh, get and then drawing millwall in the fa cup and being like <laughs> it, this is good <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, when we pulled the trouble over Tottenham in, like, 2014, that was dope. Oh! Like, that was dope. Like, that, that was, like, one of the nicest years of my life. But I, I think the frustrating part is, is that, <laughs> that – Was that the – real quick, was that the Sherwood era, I think, still? Might have been, yeah. Before Pochettino. Was, yeah. Yeah. No, that, that, was, that, right. that was the wash my eyes out with bleach in the morning years. Uh, that was fun. <laughs> well, um, we've sold – you know – if you just follow this plan this offseason alone. It's been weird. It's been really weird. Yeah. You've sold and graded Dean Ghana to West Brom. He wanted to leave, but why to go to West Brom? I don't get that. But he didn't want to leave. I mean, you're talking about an academy product. Yeah. You know, that's the confusing aspect of this. And we're going to end up with Saeed Ben Rama, who... Dude, that upgrade, dude's good. Upgrade, in my Ooh. opinion. Yeah. I was all, I'm, all, I'm all over those Brentford dudes. They're I don't all understand... Awesome how we 
we got to this point. And, and Vladimir Kapali, you'll see this weekend. Yep, he's the guy from from Slava Prague. I looked him up Super today. In, like, in, I was in, blown in preparation for this. <laughs> he, had no, he had zero time to even do anything in lieu of that Leicester game. I mean, he yeah. he got signed, showed up, and played. Yeah, and uh, they told him just you know go out. So and do so he he's right. he's taking over for 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 Rich, Richard Fredericks. For yeah, Fredericks. Fredericks, I knew, was fast, but I, it doesn't look like he knows how to cross the ball. And then Cresswell's hair is incredible. He's a great crosser of the ball. He's like the very, oh, very, the very piece, right? like, poor man's version of Trent Alexander-Arnold without the speed. This whole five at the back thing, yeah. right, has bumped Cresswell inside. He's so right, And has technically made him a center back. Yeah, he's in good. In theory, though. which yeah. takes the responsibility of him having to, like, make decisions – yeah. Press up the pitch. Yeah. Make himself vulnerable. That's yeah. not his game anymore. Yeah. Yeah. He's, like he's we had lightning in a bottle with him for such a short period of time. But you, you, he's almost got to be babysit, uh, babysat now in that role. And Arthur Masuaku uh, has been a total magician in that wing back role and has just con- really contributed to that offense. And yeah. that's what I mean when I talk about that. Even that linkage is like Masuaku is is just easily made those passes up right to get the midfield it it makes such a huge difference when you get good fullbacks it completely changes your team like yeah (laughs) yeah remember when when everyone was like oh pep just spent half a a, a hundred million dollars on two fullbacks the team completely changed and one got 100 points that's all they changed like pablo zabaleta's like you know geriatric aarp self showed up here it made a difference (laughs) no he was was bad for city at the end we love we love drops out of him we love them. You know? So are you worried are you worried about this international break coming at a really yeah. bad time? That was gonna be my question, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, Sorry, I Mike. Am. I'm just like yeah. grabbing it and going. No, no, no. What really scared me is when uh that the, the Czech team got coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> and like all our good players are there, you know. Mm. And then the report came out that Kufal had it and he had to like get on Twitter and be like, No, I tested negative, like everybody chill out. Um but, but he, I, well, I mean <laughs> the thing the thing with Kufal though, right, is like He's 28. He only just been playing for Slava Prague, which, you know, as every single – what people don't realize is, like, yes, every, every country in Europe has basically either one or two teams that win the league every year. Sure. And in Czech Republic, it's Slava Prague. They just win every year. Except right? for They're, Turkey. It could be, like, four. Well, because two of them went bankrupt. That's the only reason. <laughs> and then and then Erdogan started buying off other teams. So it gets weird. There's po- I love when teams are political, right? That's even better when it's like, oh, this team is the right wing team. This is the Catholic center team. I'm like, what the yeah. fuck? This you get is a lot so of that in Greece too. <laughs> in Greece where you burn down your stadium if you go down. Yeah. That's always good. Or uh, if you stay up if you're Pauk. <laughs> right. Uh, Mike, Mike, what have you got for us? Yeah. Uh, all right. Here's, here's one. Keep one, kill one, sell one. Thomas Suchek, Declan Rice, Mikel Antonio. Keep one, kill one, sell one. Yep. God damn it. I'm s- <laughs> I'm selling I'm selling deck. Yes. I like it. <laughs> it's gonna happen sooner or later. It's just not gonna be to Chelsea. How about that? I like that. I like that even more. He wouldn't uh, even play at Chelsea. Now, here's where it gets really tough because you cannot deny the fact that Antonio has scored an ass load of goals in recent – in, like, the recent yeah. – looking 
recent months. You could argue but that I'm he's the reason you guys are still in the league, right? I'm like keeping, he, I'm he keeping nuts. him and Suchek. I'm sure. Yeah. Suchek. It's yeah. just the utility of okay. Thomas Suchek has been so much better. Uh, and you've gotten just as, as many good-looking header goals out of him as well. So, I get the feeling that if you told Mikel Antonio that he was going to be sacrificed for the club, he would respect that. And he'd be like, Probably okay. do a little cool dance beforehand. Yeah, yeah. He'd like, invite what's his your, family what's your, for the what's ceremony. Your, but what's your favorite Antonio dance? The Homer Simpson. No question about that. Oh, which – what? Or I don't he even laid know. flat on the ground and ran in a circle. Oh. <laughs> I, 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 was, I was partial to the hump, the, the horse humping. That, yeah, that was good. Yeah. But the, the, when, he, when he did those string of Simpson celebrations, I was just particularly fond of that run. I've seen And the then run. he took all that money and spent it on his seats. So <laughs> we don't get those. It funds one, we don't get those fun ones anymore now. Yeah, got the yeah. Teeth. yeah, right. All right. So, uh, so we're doing games. Uh, Mike, yeah. go ahead. Sorry. I'm just yeah, no, no, no. jumping. So let's, yeah, that's, that's the perfect transition, right? So, all right. So we're, we're on to Sunday. And uh, Mourinho puts his lineup out. And it's Sun, Kane, and Bale up front. How does that make you feel? <laughs> Petrified. Great. <laughs> because it, it's written in the stars that Bale scores in that situation. Yeah. Yeah, he gets and, the moment. Yeah. Right. And then I'm not particularly pleased with the way Suns scored goals recently. <laughs> like that's <laughs> that particularly is disturbing for me. It was a bad time for him to uh really kick up the kick up the goals it's it's harry kane it's it's harry kane becoming dennis burkamp we've said this yeah we've said this a few times uh so far but like it's kind of an idea that we've been talking about basically having kane become from in the firmino role right and let just let these two burners go absolutely nuts down the wings he's proven like i mean he, he had a lot of it last year as well with just quality passes just one touch shit he's not even looking at but I mean, he's leading the league in assists by like three this year so far. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, Sonny's on the end of him, and he's been clinical. But I think that the you know the the it starts and ends with with Kane. I think it was um I'm, I mean I can't even remember what game anymore it was the like five two game. He just basically was like, all right, enough of the shit. He just went back to like basically our defensive mids and got the ball. And goes get the fuck out of my way. <laughs> he just and took it, it over, sense. and that yeah. was it. Yeah, yeah, that was it. I guess. The one thing you can keep an eye on for this weekend is what happens with Issa Diop. And he's now out of his like 14 day quarantine coronavirus period. Is, he, is that your main, is it, is he and Agbana your main center backs? Well, so this is interesting, right? Because like typically, yes, but Fabian Balbuena. Oh, he's the uh, better one. Yes, correct. El Comandante. Yeah, he's had, good. Which is just the, the hardest nickname of all time. El Comandante. <laughs> like That's nobody who messes with El Comandante. So he has played so well in these yeah. last two. And he's been a really critical part of these clean sheets. And Moyes has historically been hesitant to touch something when it, it works and mm -hmm, wins. Mm -hmm. So I don't I don't know that but he but at the same time, he's also showed at times a confusing preference for Dia. Mm. One that I don't even think all like West Ham fans, like the supporters, will completely understand. So, so let, let's get a score after this, but I do have to ask about Mark Noble because I, I trashed him. But yeah. it is the most difficult thing in sports handling club legends, as as Mike and I know about our arguments yeah. about Derek Jeter. How I was kept calling him done <laughs> for four years. I was hoping we could make it through this whole show without a Scott Parker reference. Don't. don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, not Scott Parker, but but Mark Noble. Just how do you feel about him? Should he play again? 
I mean, here's the thing. If you bring Mark Noble on uh, as a sub um, with 15 minutes left, he's brilliant. Yeah. Because he can take every ounce of energy he has yeah. and just expel it in that one brief moment. The yeah. days of him playing 60, I think, are even over. <laughs> I don't think you can get an hour, right? I don't, because, and it's not, and again, there's just a dovetail that happens. Like once you get to a certain point in his minutes, it just disappears. Yeah. Um, that being said, it, when he's there on the pitch, it matters. It, it does. Like, I, it, people yeah, buy it. Whether, it, whether it, whether it makes sense to me or not, they, right. the players buy it. Like right. do you he, think they buy what he's selling? Do, yeah. Do you think that he, him coming on and him basically, it, it reminds me. Uh, here's a hockey reference for you. It's like goon, right? He gets on the the ice and he's bleeding for the team, sort of thing. And everybody else goes, <clears throat> oh, "Shit, I gotta, I gotta bleed for the team." Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. he can still give us a good brief period of football. Um, he's gonna, he's gonna get the Yaya Torre treatment. <laughs> he is gonna get the Yaya faded out. <laughs> Will he get a birthday cake though? <laughs> You know what? If he scores, don't, don't don't talk about my African war elephant. God, he scores like an 110 yard screamer. I've never loved uh, in a critical oh, moment. Yeah. I'm not going to care. Yeah. How far out was that Torre goal? Which one? Like his last big one that he scored for. Are for you are you are you thinking the company one? No, oh, it was company who scored the screamer. That's uh, one nil against against Leicester to win against the league. Leicester. That yeah, one. That's what it was. That's the best. Oh, there's, the, there's the arm. There's the arm here standing up. That was like. The best. Nine miles the out. Best. The best. They're all screaming. Everyone you can else, see like you, can, you, can, you can see them all screaming. No, no, no. no. <laughs> like, yeah. I got this. Even Pep said after the They're game. They're all doing like, it. I didn't no, want him to shoot. No, no. Oh, that was good. Yeah. yeah. So, all right, Jesse, we'll put you on the spot. And uh, I, I wouldn't begrudge you if you said Spurs would win. But what do you got for Sunday? I think, I got, I think the first thing we have is goals. Yes, I Ooh, agree. So no, there's no clean sheet involved here. Uh, seeing as the league has just gone bonkers. Well, and it is fucking Tottenham, right? Like, we haven't really talked about how terrible they are at the back still. So, I'm feeling like a, 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 in a similar fashion to the game that you referenced, Mike, like a 2-2 game that, that breaks open late and somebody wins either 3 or 4-2. Yeah. And it's no, probably going to be Spurs, exciting. realistically. Yeah. I, think, right, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't feel great after the uh that united game and i felt even worse after the qualifier against uh who the hell was that mice uh some team in some way oh that's right yeah 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 Yeah, no that makes sense i um i think i don't know if gareth starts that's the thing that's that's confusing me and and jose's been very coy in the press about it but he's gonna play a part in this game regardless right so even if he's it as a motivation as a moment he's gonna make it about him exactly yeah, it, but so I think the starts, point if he starts, a Mourinho doesn't get to be an actor in the game. Right, so that's true. He wants the to benefit, use it. I guess, from our perspective, in that is that you only have to deal with the piped-in noise. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. There's not going to be some kind of like awe-inspiring walk-on moment for Bale. No, yeah, no, no, no. You, know, yeah, the, yeah. you got you kind of that's the bummer of the situation from <clears> Spurs' <throat> perspective. But I'll take it. Yeah, no, I and, and it's, you know, it's the, exactly. the world we're living in now. But yeah, absolutely. I think that's a benefit for, although, you know what, when we, when we give up an own goal in the fourth minute, there's nobody freaking the fuck out about it. So, I mean, there's, you know, pros and cons if you look at it from both sides. Yeah. <laughs> the, bigger, the, the bigger question is, will there be a stupid fucking handball 
goal. <laughs> no, that'll be in Everton, Liverpool. What a segue. Hey! Who, hey, who's, who's officiating this, this Sunday for us, by the oh, way? Oh, you know what? I did not look. Let me check. It's going to be Mike Dean, isn't it? No, it, <laughs> no, Mike Dean, it'll be – well, the Liverpool game will be the young guy. I can't remember his fucking name. There's only like four. It's so weird to me that the referees are famous. Bizarre. <laughs> Is it match week four? I don't know. Could be. It could be the year of. It could be the war of eighteen twelve at this point. I don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> no, this is no. We're five. We're week, week five because it does. When you Google it, it does say Mike Dean, and that scared the shit out of me for a second. Oh, uh, what a legend! I love him. It looks like <laughs> Martin Atkinson. That's you know what? That's about as good as you can do. I think. I, I don't even. Yeah. All right, let's get to it. Let's let's get to the real big game. Come on, it's Everton Liverpool. All right, fine. fine. <laughs> Everton uh, Liverpool coming off a absolute catastrophic beating 7-2 Everton undefeated for the first time they actually believe that they can beat Liverpool let's put this into context Everton is a less than a mile away from from Liverpool the stadiums across Stanley Park Everton has not beat Liverpool in 10 years and has had losses and draws that are beyond the scope of normalcy right the two like that hitting I, the crossbar three fucking times or something, whatever that was with the Van Dyke the, goal, right? Yeah, there's that one. Well, it's, there's a Rigi. That's the Origi one in the last minute. Yeah. The other one. You know, this. Hold on a minute, though, because this Saturday will be 10 years to the day. <laughs> since, Holy shit. No, no kidding. This yeah. Saturday will be 10 years to the day since the Reds were last beaten by Everton. Oh, yeah. my God. All the money on the Blues. All wow. the money. That's crazy. Uh, they're at home. Uh, not that that makes that much of a difference. They're in form. They, I don't know if Allen will be back. The James thing is real. All of a sudden, they have depth because guys like Sigurdsson and Davies are now pushed a level deeper. Luca Dina is probably one of the more underrated attacking fullbacks in the league. I'm still afraid of Keane and, and Yerimina at the back. They are... Uh, uh, but, uh, you know, and Liverpool are Liverpool, right? But they have not looked good. I mean... Is Mane, is Mane ready to go again, or is he... They, I, I saw something about it. Action. If he's not ready to go, they are in trouble. But they, the thing is, they can turn I up agree. the gear. Like, if they show up and play the way they played against Arsenal, Everton are not ready for that. No. <laughs> no, and I think, I think you're kind of doing Diego Jota a disservice, right? Like, he's, he's a decent piece, but in a good team, he's fucking terrific. So, he's I mean, not Sadio Mane. No, he's not Sadio Mane. What I'm saying is he's a great, <laughs> he's a great Sadio Mane understudy. So he's not I'm, Sadio Mane. I understand. And, and you know what, though? It, it's, you've still got Mo Salah, and he's going to have to fucking show up and help win the game today or Saturday. So I, I'm not, I'm not going to cry for Liverpool. It's a defense. But, uh, it's a defense. It's a defense. It's a defense. Trent Alexander-Arnold is a liability. If you can get after him, if they can, well, if Richarlison, if if Richarlison can play off his shoulder while uh, Don McCavert Lewin tries to run the other way and sort of create the space by running, taking Van Dyke in the center backs one direction and getting Richarlison on his own against uh, against DAA, they'll have a chance because that's yeah, how teams that. are doing it, right? They're doing quick counter counter attacks where you've got James will play in the middle of the park somewhere, drift inside, the ball will come out from the back. And it's got to be precise. James has a moment, turns, fires it, and they score on the break. Yeah, no, question, absolutely. Question for the two of you. Yeah. 
because I'm my opinion on this matter is completely, I'll be honest, biased 100%. <laughs> what is your view on Adrian and goal? Like, what do you see Adrian as? Not, not even solely like in the scope of all of Liverpool, but like, He's a. I mean, do you think he can? I mean, do you do you do you believe he can put in a quality performance for them? Oh, of course he can. The problem yeah, is definitely. is that Allison is world class. That's the difference, right? It's replacement level. He is a solid goalkeeper. You know, he can play. You know, he'll do okay. He's not as good as Fabianski, obviously, because Fabianski took his job, uh, and that's that's sort of a benchmark. He's you know he he's probably better than weirdly he's better than Pickford. Uh, <laughs> right now, I'd say, because Pickford is Pickford's an emotional – he's an emotional goalkeeper. Yeah, if he makes yeah. a few saves, he'll be awesome. And then if he fucks something up, he's rattled. He's well, very the, emo. Yeah, very, yeah, emo. very much so. The way that I look at Adrian is, is he's just not playing with his feet very well, and that's what Liverpool needs so much, right? So, that's like, I'm saying. Yeah, that's, that's where I kind of go with it. And I'm like, uh, if they want to play their style, and that's why Allison is world-class. I mean, he's a great goalkeeper, but it's he's the shot, sort of – It's the shot-stopping. I'm telling no, you, and they're coming to the is, ball. It is, but right. So, so, but he, him being able to play out the back. Well, you know, that was the first goal against Aston Villa, yeah. right? It was like, but hey guys, a, never that mind. Was stupid. Yeah, sure, <laughs> but like, I mean, we've talked about it ad nauseum at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, yeah. like guys, look at Keppa, right? Like we we blasted him. I mean, oh, God, were the the, th- the thing that was amazing about Keppa is that they knew they were like, oh, he's gonna, yeah. he's gonna pass it to the <laughs> side, and we and Klopp told us that he's gonna pass it to the side, so we just ran. You're like, yeah. oh, that's not good. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think Adrian's fine. It's it's just you know, um, I I was listening to to something a while ago, and I didn't remember what it was. It's like basketball is a strong link sport, and soccer is a weak link sport. And if one component of your team is weakened, the whole thing weakens, right? If if Adrian is in goal, then Van Dyke's not as good. Then Joe Gomez isn't as good. Then Trent Alexander is not as good, right? Like all of a sudden things break down. Your whole system becomes ten percent worse as a unit, right? Right, right, right. Van Dyke is already compromise and i can't believe this isn't discussed because if i can see it someone smart should see it the dude doesn't stop playing of course he's getting worse he's literally not missed a minute in two seasons since he got to liverpool he has not missed a game that can't be good there's no way playing 60 games a year is good like he even plays in league cup games like what the fuck are they doing do you have other center backs? Are you crazy? Well, until recently, it was Dayon Lovren. So the answer is no, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, granted, they don't, but but the, but you've got to you've got to prioritize. Like, there's no way Van Dyke should be playing all these games. It's crazy. No. He just played two games for for the Dutch side. Like, that's the other. He doesn't run, get a break. His legs are gonna go. He's not. I mean, defender's fine. He's not young for soccer. He's sure. 29, right? Yeah. Like, it's it's time like yeah, you, you got to be careful right now now granted maybe maybe it's maybe it's you know he can he can start dropping deeper and whatever whatever but the thing that makes him great is the recovery speed like he's like Kyle Walker speed at center back while reading the game like cuz yeah. when you watch them and there's a break Van Dyke takes off and he just gets in front of them right and they're no, they don't have that anymore like i could see Calvert Lewin if it's a half of if it's a half a yard, the reason why they gave up that weird goal a couple games before against against Leeds, I think it was, because Van Dyke made a mistake because he was he yes. had a half a yard less of space that he normally has the time for. So right. it was the second was the second goal against Leeds. 
Right, right, right. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, I, I like Everton in this game because I fucking hate Liverpool more than anything in the world. And when I saw that fucking LeBron Belicher report thing with, with the LeBron fucking Laker jersey half with Liverpool, I wanted to throw up. And then I thought, here's another reason to hate Liverpool more. <laughs> they're associated with LeBron and the Lakers as much as I like LeBron, but I don't like the Lakers. So fuck them. Let them lose. The more losing, the better. Well, and the more, and, and, and on that just, note, off I go into my team's game, City Arsenal. Yeah, I was going to say, Laurent's just salty because, and I mean, I've got plenty of reasons to hate Liverpool too, but Laurent's just tired of chasing them for two years at a full fucking sprint. So I, I get it. I get Not it. only that, my team gets no credit. None. Zero. 198 points. And the whole narrative is, oh, Liverpool, they lost. Fuck you. We like you. beat them. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> One of the cooler things, though, we should really quickly mention last year, the absolute oh, shit-kicking as you gave them the trophy as, a, like, a, a fuck-you-going away present. With a, what was it, 4 nothing? That was fantastic. Yeah. But So, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we move now. Man City Arsenal, <laughs> which – Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm half a bottle of wine in. I'm fired up. boy. There he is. There he is. <laughs> what, a, what a manly sentence that was. Yeah, uh, well, <laughs> whatever. I'm French. That's about as manly as we get. Yeah, that's right. So while talk we to sodomize me about, your girlfriends, <laughs> Jesus Christ. So talk to me about Arsenal and how you feel about this matchup coming in. Cause I'm like, I was worried about West Ham against Leicester. I'm a little worried about Arsenal right now. In what way that they're good, that they're not shit. Mm. Well, they have beat Liverpool. They have beat city. Uh, they are very Aubameyang centric. Yeah. They're still weak in the midfield, and their defenders are unknowns, right? Tierney, I think, is out. Still a lot of David Luiz, who's always available for a mistake. Uh, what I do think is they're not going to lose because they're not coached, which is what was happening before. So they'll lose because they're not as good, which is fine. But they're not losing now because they're mentally weak and not prepared which makes a big difference, right? Like, even though they lost to Liverpool 3-1 and they were hanging on and Liverpool really turned it on, I thought they were tough and showed guts and hung together as a unit and had a couple chances on the break. And losing 3-1 was was fair but valiant, if that's possible. Because when Liverpool's at their best, and I've seen it, you're just like, ah! (laughs) <laughs> Why do I can't do anything? Right. It's same like how City can be, right? Where it's like, oh my God, for the first 20 minutes, why is Raheem Sterling at the back post by himself scoring goals? How did that happen, right? <laughs> so that's, that's what I see there. And then the other piece is like, City is still in flux, but at any point it can come back, uh, I think. I think, yeah. you know, we're still, we're in a, we're in a, we're in a transition phase, right? It's, it's out, Silva, there's only Aguero left. So in the last four or five years, it's been Zabaleta, Torre, Company, Silva, only, only, um, only Aguero's left. <laughs> um, but no, I think, I think that City's really, uh, like you said, they're in flux. And I'm not sure, like, if Phil Foden can take over the game, great. Is, is, is De Bruyne okay? Yeah, he's fine. He's just, he's, I think he's exhausted is his problem. Yeah. Um, yeah. Foden is not Silva yet. He's no, of a, course. He's like, he's, four, he's a, he's like 14 he's a, years old. He's a ball carrier. He drives through the midfield. He can do things that look awesome. 
But in terms of like making a game tick over, he's not in the gaps, in the spaces, right? He's not, he's not playing off the shoulder of a midfielder in the gap between in the half spaces yet. He's not there yet. He's still sort of like has to run and move and get into space and be free. He's like, oh, I'm here. As opposed to just sort of being in the background. Is my child out in the woods in the dark? I don't care. This wolf's here. He'll be dead anytime. Um, but uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, this is – City have to win this game. If we lose, it's crisis time. Sure. Jesse, what's your take on it? Well, I'm interested to see what happens with this tyranny situation. We don't know if he's going to play yet for Arsenal, right? right. He seems uh, injured all the time is the problem. Well, this is a coronavirus situation, I believe, oh, right? Okay. I'm, uh, yes, I, I think I you're believe right. it is. I think yeah. I and I, but I believe uh, Arteta said uh, maybe today or yesterday that he's hopeful that he's going to be available. And then Party's another one. Mm. We don't know yeah. if, if Party's will be available to play. Uh, that makes a big difference for me on whether or not Arsenal can win this game. Yeah, uh, the, 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 if you consider those players as available for Arsenal, uh, how much it, it changes that particular area of the pitch for them and a critical uh, an area of the pitch that they have a de- clear deficiency to city in my opinion sure so uh until we get the answers to those questions uh i just i don't know that arsenal have the blueprint to do it at the etihad i just don't think but yeah don't they haven't think. beat they haven't beat uh they haven't beat city at at at, at away in five years so. and i don't think that they've got the blueprint to do what lester did Right, they do, but they do have Aubameyang, right? I, 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 don't, I think Vardy's better than Aubameyang in a weird way because he can play in more areas of the pitch. Like, Aubameyang's just on that wing on the outside. Uh, but they could win in a smash and grab easy because I think they've got the better finisher, right? No Aguero for City. Yeah, like, the, he's, still, he's, still, he's still a 20-25 goal scorer no matter what even if he can't really hold the ball up. Like, I love when he and Lacazette are together. It's fucking awesome. With Aguero back, it, for me, it's... If Aguero's there, everything changes. But, yeah. you know, Aguero's uh, – this is – City fans live like this. Like, he plays for 10 games, scores 11 goals, and then he's gone for 10. And yeah. he ends the season with 20 goals. But you're like, was he there when I needed him? Do you know what I'm used to? <laughs> that same what? situation. That same situation, only with Andy Carroll. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he doesn't come back, and he lands with two goals. Did you just compare <laughs> Aguero to Andy Carroll? No, just the absentee part. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> there was they no were skill never, comparison they, were, they, were, they were never there I love the other day I saw Carroll come on in a Newcastle game he literally threw an elbow in the first 30 seconds and oh, almost yeah. broke a Easily. guy's face yeah. just does it He's classic, classic Carroll right? what an inhuman so uh, we, we're, we're on we're getting near an hour but let's let's, let's talk about my, my villains they're playing Leicester this is where we separate the men from the boys with a crowbar the giant killers, uh, the giant killers right? well I mean Leicester's good right they, they almost finished yeah. up um and then Villa, you know, just what an incredible story. Uh, Ollie Watkins, again, you we were talking about Sadie Barra oh, and Anna. Ollie Watkins, if you watched Brentford, you knew those dudes are good. Yep. And even though they didn't, Fulham has their spot, it's bullshit because Fulham's fucking terrible. Uh, but had Brentford been there, it would have been amazing. Uh, Lester, I think, listen, Brendan Rodgers is a, is a fucking, uh, is a David Brent clone. He's like a bad version of a, of a boss. <laughs> But he's competent, which is the weird thing. It's really fucking annoying. He lets you know that he's competent. He really came with a plan and fucking kicked City in the teeth. But then typical kind of Brendan Rodgers thing, it's like he overlooks West Ham. He's like, oh, we're going to play where we play. And you guys punched him in the mouth without passing the ball, which is insane. I don't know how you did that. And then Villa is all about my my guy, Grealish, man. Can't 
fucking deal with how much I love him. It's, it's a problem. He's the first white player I've ever loved. It's always been black players. So I'm changing, <laughs> I'm changing my feelings. <laughs> Are you going? Yeah, you're going full MAGA, right? Oh, there you go. Yeah. Oh, no, no. This <laughs> is my, I'm, wait, we have to see my, my gear, my fly with the fucking Biden. <laughs> I'm, I'm, more partial, I'm more partial to John McGinn. I like him because, too. I like him too. Only because out of Ollie Watkins, Jack Grealish, and John McGinn, John McGinn's the only one that sounds even remotely intimidating. Yeah. Well, his face <laughs> is crooked and broken as though he's taking more punches in the face than any human is possible. He has. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like McGinn too. I, I was telling a friend, a friend of mine is a big Villa fan. He's actually from Birmingham. And he's like, oh, it's not McGinn's fault. I'm like, the reason why they almost went down is because McGinn missed half the season. Yeah. Right. He's, the, he's that linchpin player that is an unsung kind of player. He's got that sort of flavor of going up and down, can score a goal. But he's, he's a little bit small, but he's got that like high energy button thing, that sinewy kind of uh, Roy Keane style. So I like yeah. him as well. Uh, it's been kind and, of fun to see that, you know, you've got Villa and West Ham, right? Like two teams that frankly really came close to going down who are actually flourishing and hopefully not doing a luster, but like <laughs> but yeah, they're, but, uh, they're, they're causing problems, right? It's, like the rise of, it's the rise of Claret and Blue. They're both back. With Burnley, yeah. there's almost too many. Somebody has to yes, go. I think it's Burnley. Burnley's got to go. Burnley. We got to vote those pricks off the island. I hate yes. those sons of bitches. Yeah, the fuck, it's too much, there's too much Claret and Blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They right, are going to go down. I think they are in trouble. Quickly on Leeds Wolves, and then we'll get, let Jesse get back to his life here. Uh, anything, anything happening with Leeds that I'm watching? Anything happening with Wolves? Although they've been they've been very very confusing to me the last the first That's month the or so of the season is that there have just been so many uncharacteristic performances for them. Yeah. Well. Uh, the, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, well, it's just that it's just that it's the fluidity with which Wolves play and yeah. how everything they do is so interchangeable. They attack the ball in, in, in ways where they always have support. And you just – that almost that press that you get out of that just hasn't been on display at all. Well, the thing is, is if you think about it this way, it's like not last season but the season before, they literally played the same 11 guys every game. Constantly. Then they had the, they had the crazy season last season where I think they played 56, 60 games, something. They had to qualify right. for Europe – and then made a deep run. So they played like 55, 56 games, probably with 13 guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And all that continuity, going, losing Doherty, you know, Semedo's there, changing out Jota. I mean, there's got to be some level of adjustment to, hey, there's actually new guys on the team now. Yes, Moutinho, I don't know how he does it. He's incredible. But he's 35. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? So uh, that's the part that's tricky to me. It's like, is there a wall that they hit for all that football? Uh, you know, I, I was making fun of Van Dyke playing all those games. Is there something in Wolves that's just like, are you guys on amphetamines? Like, what the fuck are you got? How are you able to play like this? Whereas, you know, Klopp and, and Pep are always like, oh, we played too many games. Well, you know, Wolves are just like, what's the 11? Same as last week. Let's go. <laughs> right? So yeah, no, I think this is going to be a, where we really, you know, Espiritu Santo has gotten a lot of credit for being a good coach. He's positive. He's an interesting guy, but does that continuity start to break down? How much? How much was it, Doherty? I mean, Doherty made it was a big part of the team. Yeah, absolutely. I I said when we signed him, I I was worried for Wolves and their ability to replace him. Not so much in quality, but like as far as just like you said, a the guy, 
again. The guy, right, exactly. He's just a constant, right? So, I mean, I, I watched a lot of Wolves last year, and it was weird. I mean, wingback is putting it mildly. He was a winger, right? He was fully – he was like a, like in a 4-3-3. He was up there. And it was weird that him and Traore were on the same f- on the field at the same time, and like they'd basically both be next to each other the whole time. Like, you what are you fucking guys supposed to be in the other half? You know that, right? Like, what are you doing? Traore strikes the fucking fear of God into my team. I love that, <laughs> But Leeds are just so much fun to watch. Is- yeah. I, Leeds. Like, I just – oh, gosh. I, I can't get it. I, I Yeah, shoot it into my veins. Like, give me every more. Every time. Yeah. And they're so fit. Like, it's not even – it's you know, you, they're all fit. Like, they're professional soccer players. They all look well, amazing. All you, ha- you only have to play a, three months in that system to get fit. But you see it, right? Like, they even look better. Like, their shirts are tight. Like, I mean, this is a homoerotic <laughs> moment, but they wear that white shirt. It's all tight. They're all running fast. They look amazing. There's a they lot do. of buns. There's a lot of hair buns. They're That's amazing. Good. So there's a lot going on. They play, they play as if I was controlling them on FIFA. <laughs> <laughs> and, right. then, and then Bielsa's losing his mind, which is great. Like, here's a guy who's seen it all, done it all. He's the weird black sheep of his family. Like, his, ne- his story is so interesting. He's like, they're all like politicians and, and intellectuals. And they're like, oh, this is the fucking retard kid who decided that he wanted to be a soccer coach. You know what I mean? But he's taking, <laughs> like, he goes to Thanksgiving. Everyone's talking about like politics in Argentina. Who got, who finds their family that got thrown into the ocean in the seventies. And he's like, uh, I just like kind of like football. <laughs> well, and like, I think one of the best things. Up, what, what, what was it last year that he, he brought out a PowerPoint what what was the PowerPoint that he showed last year? He's always he, he's known for doing like three hour press conferences. It's just insane. He, he sat down. Somebody criticized him for something, and and it was the very beginning of his tenure with Leeds. Yeah, he, he he's brought the, a I know the story. Yeah, to the press conference, looked <laughs> it up, and began to go slide by slide as to why this assessment was no. incorrect. Oh, it religion. was training. He was watching training. Yeah, yeah. That's what it was. Well, he he's legend. Yeah, playing. yeah. Yeah, and then he went through slide by slide as to why it wasn't a big deal with, like, all these bullet points. And I was like, "This is I love this guy. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> I think one of the best things about not having fans is that you get to hear Bielsa losing his goddamn mind on the sidelines, yeah. right? So With his, with his so, bad back walking like he's fucking, uh, like, uh, oh, God. Man, I had dude, a good reference. Shit. You'd, you'd, run, you'd run real fast, too, if you heard that. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and I think somebody, I think maybe is Arlo White or somebody who I was listening to, um, they, they liken it to like when there's fans on the other side of the pitch, you can't hear them. So it's like, oh, no big deal, whatever. But like you hear him now and you're like, fuck, oh, he's talking yeah. to me. Damn it. Damn it. Okay, fine. That hot mic off. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, that team's, that so. team's good. I mean, as much as I don't like their weak, the thing that sucks is their weak spot is Bamford, right? Like he's, uh, but uh, you know, the rest of them are awesome. Like, Fucking Harrison, I liked him when he played at NYCFC. He's he's so great. Billings is great. Alioski's great. They've been playing well without Hernandez, who's thirty five and has been their best player for two years. Like you know, in the back is probably going to be their weakness because they're going to leave guys open to play, so it'll always be up and down. But when someone's on the ball and you leave their head up, they just streak down the field like it's like it's a Madden deep route. They just take right. off all verticals. Oh, right? shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it's going to be a fun one. So, yeah, we've got five at least good games to look forward to. 7.30 a.m. is the first one with Everton-Liverpool, the biggest one we talked oh, about. So I, I'm not going to watch it. I, can't I know. I was going to say it's 4.30 for you out there in San Diego. But, uh, oh, but record it. Record it. We can. We have the technology. No, it does. So, it's not good enough. I know it's not. But before we go, and by the way, Jesse, thank you so much for coming on. I will give you the floor uh, to just give me all the shit you want about Jack Johnson. Go ahead. Go for it. Like whatever. Right. Yeah. First of all, <laughs> who's Jack Johnson? The guy, the singer? Not no, incorrect. <laughs> you uh, want to take that one, a, Jesse? This is a defenseman oh, there who uh, was bought out by the Pittsburgh Penguins. Okay. So essentially paid for him to no longer play for them. Yeah, I understand buyouts. Okay. And then was immediately signed by the New York Rangers. <laughs> I understand for, the Rangers. Is, for is, more is, than for is, more than the league minimum contract. Is JD <laughs> still the still the GM? Oh, sure yeah. is, and that's yeah. exactly what. <laughs> so, that's I was not on, good. Uh, that can't be was, good. I was Good on the plans. Athletic Rangers podcast last night, mm-hmm. and I kind of like, I guess in my mind, you know, not really being as in tune with the Rangers, thought like, oh, well, there's no way Jack Johnson will be anywhere but the third pairing. And they were like, no, he's one of the only left-handed defensemen they have. He's going to play with Jacob Truba. And I was like, oh. And they were like, how bad is that for us? And I was like, is the scale 1 to 10? <laughs> they were like, kind of like, <laughs> 14 <laughs> yeah probably so i mean you know this is just the universe serving you uh a little bit of uh balance and yin to your yang yeah yeah lafreniere uh, yeah that that's fair i accept um and and lundquist going to washington was a little bit more of the yin in my face there but uh but that's more sentimental than it is anything oh else. but my heart hurts jesse yeah okay <laughs> but it's not going to be good for washington and that's no i understand joy uh there's no such thing as joy anymore there's no more joy in mudville but uh but yeah we will definitely have you on uh before the next the the we got to come up with a good name for uh our our derby because me and laurent have el duchico so uh we'll figure <laughs> one out for for when we go back to uh the london stadium and hopefully they'll have fans by that point um so you guys can yell all kinds of crazy shit at them but again thanks so much for coming on and uh we will uh we will talk to you soon sir appreciate it gentlemen thank you all right, man. We'll, we'll right see on. Soon. That was the Squeaky Bum Time podcast with Mike Salerno and Laurent Cortines. This was a crap football, crap pundit production. We will return on Mondays and Thursdays for the Premier League season. We will talk about soccer and other things that interest us. Mike is crazy. Laurent is insane. That's why it works.